0: Forever, <laughs> dog.
1: Just between us. Hey. Just between
0: us. Hey. Hello, I'm Alison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and younger sister. Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and succulent plant owner. How many? Uh We have a bunch. In my office right now, we have two, which you can see. Oh, uh, you can't see it. This podcast. is a the podcast. There's like a bunch around the house, but I've never had plants. So I'm like getting plants because it's like I'm an adult and I live in a house and I have plants. Are they succulents? Yes. I have a question. Mm. Do you feel like an adult? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, well, my knees crack sometimes when I sit down and I have like a house and a partner and like there's I have problems. I like am sitting here like worried about the electricity bill. Like, who (laughs) who have I become? Like, what is this? There's definitely things where I'm not an adult, but I like very rarely have to call my parents and ask about anything anymore. Like I I figure stuff out. But maybe that's just because I don't really have a situation where like, they would provide any information I could not find on my own. Yeah, I think like it, this has all happened in the last year during the pandemic. I would say that, that I that like, you've learned how to be self sufficient. That I just feel like an adult. You talk about we're in entertainment, right? I'm running a small business, like half the time I'm writing and like doing entertainment stuff. And the other half of the time, I'm just like sitting here, like figuring out taxes and budgets and like what who can do this and what can do that. Like the fun part of entertainment, I would say, is like 30 percent. And then the like <laughs> the like biz, small business at thing where I didn't go to school for business. I didn't, I'm not an entrepreneur. And then it's like 70 percent. Like, why is this form wrong? I definitely am heavily reliant on my father still. And that worries me. (laughs) Really? Why? Because I feel like I should know how to do more stuff on my own. But also, I don't want to. I don't want to do it on my own. (laughs) Do you still like get a form and go, no, thank you and have your dad look at it? Yes. Yeah. But I also now that I've been abandoned by my fiance, I feel like I'm allowed (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Very much so. Mm Mm-hmm. So my cousin's wedding is in October in Arizona. And my parents were like, yeah, so we booked like our hotel room for it. And I was like, well, did you book me a hotel room for it? And they were like, not yet. And I was like, well, okay, but, you know, I was supposed to be going to this wedding, a married woman. But instead, I'm just a little baby. And so I'm going to need you to book me a hotel room for it. <laughs> I, you've gone straight to I'm baby. I'm back to just being a full-on little baby, and I just need you to care for me. I'm baby. I was set up to enter a married life. I was mm-hmm. set up to be an adult and to start my partnership in my adult married life. And then Jake was like, "No, thank you," and I was like, "Okay, fine. I'll just be a baby." <laughs> 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 ah! I love that. I love that. I love that. (laughs) And maybe in six months, I'll feel more like an adult and I'll feel like, okay, I'm ready to take it all on again. But for right now, I'm just going to be a little baby. I feel like a mother. I have Drew, who's like my daughter. And then I have Cheyenne, who's like my daughter. So mm-hmm. I just have like two daughters who like come over and eat dinner and like want things and like need help. And I drive Drew places. Mm-hmm. Me and Mal are like sitting there being like, okay, so which one of us is going to take Drew to the eye doctor tomorrow? Like because Drew doesn't have a car or like, <laughs> you know, there was like some interpersonal drama where like Drew and Cheyenne were fighting. And, Ma- and Mal was like, okay, like I think they're gonna like talk tonight at the house. And I was just like... Like, why are we parents? We did not birth these people. Yeah, but it's good practice. It makes me think I don't want to have kids. That's fair. It's so tiring. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go be like, I'm baby. (laughs) It's a good strategy. I'm going to tell Cheyenne and Mal and Drew and my (laughs) parents look, y'all are on your own. I'm baby now. No, you just go, I'm a little baby. And then people take care of you. (laughs) Yeah, why am I working so hard? I'm baby. (laughs) Anyway, this is just between us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games, and brutal honesty. You know something else? Okay, so Mal, when we were trying to figure out a place to live um, in LA, we had like a couple different places we were looking at, and Mal... Is has a hard time with decision making. And we were trying to find a place to live. And Mal just laid down on the floor at a certain point and was like crying and was like, I don't know. And Mm -hmm. so I just went, okay, we're going to live in North Hollywood. I picked this house just because like to make a choice. And they were like, okay. And then we were planning this trip. Like we were planning dates to like go visit my family and their family, which we're going to do, I think, in May and June. And Mal was like, We were on the computer planning it, and Mal just lays down on the bed and like shuts down. And I was like, okay, so we're gonna go from this day to this day, and we'll like drive from here, and we'll do this. And then I was, Mal was like, and I don't know what we're gonna do. And I was like, I just planned it. We're done. And I was like, you know what? Why are they baby? I'm baby. Yeah, I can make decisions. I just can't fill out forms. Yeah, everybody's baby in their own way. Yeah, we all have our own babiness. Yeah, it's all special. And then the dream is to find somebody whose babiness is different than your babiness, and together you are one adult. Yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> I do all this stuff. Melissa <laughs> is <laughs> horrified. She hates everything that we're saying. As a full adult, she can't believe that we would suggest to anyone to be a baby. She's yeah. very disappointed in us. The only way that I'm baby in my relationship is that Mal cooks and orders all the food and groceries because I don't know how to feed myself. There you go. That's you being a baby and Mal's being the adult. I have started doing it. Well, Mal will be like, can you take out the garbage? And I'll be like, no. And they'll be like, why? And I'll be like, I don't want to. <laughs> and then you go, no, that's not a reason. Like, that's not a reason. And I'll, or they'll be like, you have to do the dishes. And I'll be like, no, I don't want to. And like, instead of just coming up with an excuse, I'll be like, I really don't want to. And I'll be like, I have to tell you, me having to now fucking do all this shit again <laughs> by myself. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> Ah. I signed up for a goddamn husband. (sighs) I put in that emotional labor for almost Mm -hmm. two years so I wouldn't have to take the trash out. Yesterday I was
2: like, okay, (gasps) so today is what? April 8th. Can I still find someone to marry me by August 29th? (laughs) 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 And And so I said... I literally said that to the
0: person that I'm dating. Do you want to get married by August? (laughs) No, I said, I bet I could find someone. (laughs) What did he say? He was like, okay, so you break up with me. (laughs) <laughs> and then you think you could find someone? And he thought that I said April 29th. And he was like, in 21 days. And I was like, well, I said August 29th. But I also think I could do it in, 29th, in 21 days. <laughs> That's a movie. You're trying to find someone to marry you in 29 days? 21 days. But 21 I think I days. could definitely do it. Just wouldn't be a, it just wouldn't be a love match. Where would you find this person? I don't know, Gabby. I'd walk outside. Contact. Confidence. <laughs> Confidence. I bet someone who listens to this podcast would marry you. Unfortunately for you, I do think it would be a woman. But <laughs> that person would marry you in three weeks for sure. Because it's it's like the weirdest thing. I could like adapt. I have completely adapted to the fact that I'm not with Jake anymore. Yeah. Jake, see you later. I don't yeah. need Jake in my life. I don't care about him as a person. <laughs> Right, sure. I have been unable to adapt to the fact that I'm no longer getting married. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, if you can adapt, then like, hi, ladies. I've, first of all, the whole time you've been trying to get married, I've tried to tell you that if you found a U-Haul lesbian, this would be over. You would have yeah. been married years ago. You could have U-Hauled yourself six months. A woman would marry you in in four months. I just got so used to not having to do the dishes. You can find a lady who will do the dishes for you. (laughs) I have to walk sugar every time now. Ladies who listen to this show, will you marry Allison in three weeks? (laughs) Uh, What are your thoughts on doing the dishes and and walking sugar? Please write in with your applications. (laughs) Yeah, I'm willing to pay. (laughs) No, Melissa just said you can also pay people to do those things. Oh, I thought Melissa meant that I would pay my spouse to do these things. Not that I should just pay, <laughs> not that I should just pay somebody to do it. <laughs> you were like, yeah, if the spouse wants to do it, I'll give him an allowance. We'll go back to the 50s. I'm crying in both a funny way, but also I'm really mourning the fact that I'm not getting married. Oh my God. I swear to God, a lady will marry you in three weeks. It was my time. Okay. It's not fair. Okay, well, you have until August. Yeah, I have until August to find the beautiful bride. I'm serious. You want to use whatever down payment you used? A woman will marry you. (laughs) And that's the guarantee. It's called WLW, women loving women, colon, a woman will marry you.
2: My dad literally keeps being like, look, we still have the date available. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it's fine. Everything's fine.
0: I just have to be patient. Sure.
2: Yeah. I just don't want to be. And it feels unfair.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, like you opened your yourself up to dating, um, you know, different types of men who are outside your usual sphere. A lady will marry you. You wouldn't marry me. I'm <laughs> pretty, pretty busy on August 29th. What would you do if I was like, let's, yeah, Melissa's like, sick bird. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if I was like, Gabby? let's just do it. Let's just like. Break up with Mal. Let's you and me give it a real shot. (laughs) (laughs) That. Well, we would have to work out a lot of logistics. Like what? Like, are we just married and we hang out or like, are we actually hooking up? (laughs) Where do we live? We could live wherever you want. Really? Yeah. And we get access to my parents' timeshare in Mexico. Whoa, okay, you're really making this... You're really sweetening the pot for me. Honestly, the fan base would shit. The fan base would be, like, so happy. Do you they think would, Mal would understand? They'd be confused, for sure. <laughs> they'd, they'd be really confused. And but I'd be like, Mal, you don't understand. Like, I put in the words. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Melissa is dying. That would be the biggest
2: twist of all. It
0: would be a scandal. Like, like Twitter and, and Tumblr would be a light. It would be a scandal. Oh, Melissa said you could still be with Mal, though, no, right? It would have to be monogamous. Oh, God. The timeshare in Mexico versus monogamy is a real <laughs> tough one for me. <laughs> Who's baby? Who gets to be baby? I'm baby. That seems right. No, I think we get to split being baby. You're, as long as you take care of finances, mm-hmm. I can do everything else. I don't want to do finances, and I don't want to do insurance stuff. But I'll do anything <laughs> else. You're like, I'll do laundry, laundry like you cleaning. Sugar. I'll take. I'll do oh pet care. I'll do. Um, our like, house would be so clean, very clean, uh, fully stocked. But I would have to be monogamous, and that yeah. is tough. And we wouldn't have sex. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm making a real pros and cons list here. But then I'm not allowed to have sex with other people. So the thing is, we just—I ne- just never. You and I never have sex again. Again? What do you mean? Ever? No, I mean we never have sex like ever, ever again in our lives. Well, I might die young. This is a lot. And then I'm a widow. You would crush as a widow. I would be. I would remember when we used to say that if one of us died, the other one would had like full range to like make the biggest ties, monetize. M- monetize, make the biggest play, like write a book, get on Oprah, like do do it the fuck up. Like we were like, if, whoever, if one of us ever dies, the other one as the, one's permission to like get so yeah. famous off of it yeah of course what's of course. the point <laughs> otherwise <laughs> i feel like this intro is a real look into our relationship like sometimes we're shooting the shit, and this is like very um accurate <laughs> we should dive in we've got a great episode for you guys this week we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be talking all about beliefs versus behaviors and what defines us. Though I don't know how that'll be different from what we just talked about. <laughs> and when we return from break, we're gonna answer a listener's
1: question. So stick around.
2: Hi, everyone. Allison here. so much. So if you want to take part in book of the month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough.
1: Just us.
0: We're back. You know what time it is hit it international question international question international question priscilla brazil that's a real fun name i know right isn't that beautiful so priscilla says hi gabby and allison during this pandemic year my best friend has developed severe ocd First regarding cleaning things that came into contact with the outside due to COVID and then quickly escalated to cleaning absolutely everything, even himself, due to being dirty in general. Me and another friend in common kept talking to him giving advice when he asked us to but mostly trying to convince him to get therapy and see a psychiatrist once he started with medication he had a huge improvement but quickly fell into a deep deep low point in which he completely stopped answering to any form of messages or attempts to contact him it's been a couple of months since that happened and we have exchanged messages two or three times during this period the first two times he spoke only a few words mostly saying he was sorry and that he missed me and that he feels terrible and wants to die which made me very very worried. I contacted his sister about this since he's living with her. He mostly says he's feeling useless and powerless because he can't overcome the compulsive thoughts in order to do anything at all. The slow point started when he said he had to give up on a project he was really excited about, but it was already delayed and the client decided to cancel it because he wasn't able to sit down and touch his computer or the chair or keep focus <sighs> from other intrusive thoughts. I know Allison deals with OCD and also Gabby deals with having a friend with OCD. So I wanted to know both of your perspectives on how I can be more helpful to my friend, especially during this pandemic where I can't physically be present for him. Where we live, vaccines aren't widely spread yet. And the death rate keeps going up currently at 35,000 deaths a day. Yeah, that's Brazil. Thank you for all of your advice. Sending lots of love, Priscilla. Oh, man, that is so sad. I picked this question for a number of reasons. And the first one is that OCD presents in a lot of different ways. Right. And I think that there is a a sitcom portrayal of it, which is that it's like, oh, I need to adjust my pens on my desk because if if they're not aligned, then that really bugs me. Right. And I was recently on a podcast where they asked me if I'm offended if people like make those kinds of jokes about having OCD or just sort of like throw OCD around like in like a kind of like, oh, I'm so OCD, cavalier way. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not offended because my OCD does not interfere with my level of functioning in a huge way anymore. 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 But what I don't think that people understand is that for a lot of people out there, OCD is an incredibly debilitating illness. Yes, it's not funny. It's not funny. And there, like many things, there is a large spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but like for this person, it can take up hours of your day, it can mm-hmm. make it so that you can't do anything. Because all that you're doing is your obsessions and your compulsions. and that mm-hmm. and that occupies your entire life and it interferes with all
2: of your functioning. And like like this person said, he's unable to get his work done because he can't sit at his computer or for other right. people, maybe they're just doing these compulsions that literally just take up hours of their day. And so I think you know even when I'm talking about my personal
0: experiences with OCD, mm-hmm. I'm talking about it from a very, very mild, very mild, case of it your case was mild my current life well right now but but when it started it was mild no when it started it was very severe and it very much interfered with my functioning and it was debilitating in a lot of ways and you know but my current life incredibly mild and like i still wouldn't wish it on anybody and i i still like don't enjoy that a lot of my thoughts are about cleanliness and that i'm constantly tracking things and concerned with things other people don't think about this was like an example to sort of point out that like i don't think that people often recognize just how debilitating this disease is and also Mm -hmm. how time consuming Mm -hmm. this disorder is And so I kind of just wanted to take a a second to highlight that. So I was going to ask in terms of like how serious and everything, is, is it tied in? Was it tied in for you in terms of how serious this is with like suicidal ideation? What do you mean? Like, because it's repeating thoughts, because it's like, you can't really control the the compulsions and the obsessions and like, because things are so overwhelming. Like one of the problems with OCD is like, you know, it is distressing. These thoughts Mm -hmm. are distressing. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. There's also something called obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And a big difference is that like, it's a lot of the same traits or tendencies, Mm -hmm. but like in that situation, like the the tendencies
2: to to be a certain way aren't distressing to the person. It's like, well, oh. that's just
0: the way that I am. But with oh. OCD, it's like, I don't want to be this way. And yeah. it is incredibly distressing to me that I am this way. Yes. Again, I'm still learning a lot of things and I'm, I'm not speaking about this from a licensed point of view. So I apologize if I'm getting any but of But you this have wrong. a lot of experience. Yeah, but like, so I know that like, I don't want to give a shit about
2: the fact that your purse is on my couch.
0: Right, right, right. I don't want to waste energy on that. I don't want to care about that. I don't want to have to then like when Sugar lies on the street, I don't want to then have to change my afternoon plans to give her a bath that I didn't want to have to give her. Of course. That's annoying to me. That is right. Like, that interrupts my day. You know, it can make you want to not, to not live. Yeah. <laughs> like it can be so distressing that it it makes you not want to live. And so yeah. I think that with me when I was a kid was that the OCD that made me depressed. I didn't want to have these thoughts. Yeah, of course. And so that's why like when I was like a little kid, I said to my dad, I need to see a doctor because something inside of me is making me sad.
2: You yeah. know, so you're
0: like, you're compounding all of these things on top of each other. I think that like we have to just recognize like
2: in the same way that like there are people with high functioning depression and people with low functioning depression. There mm-hmm. are people with high functioning OCD and low functioning OCD. Like there's mm-hmm. such a
0: such a range and we have to like remember that and recognize that and and like think about that the next time that you're about to say like, oh, I'm so OCD. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, are you are you unable to accomplish your daily tasks because your compulsions are taking up 10 hours a day? Right. I don't think so. Right. And it's also people don't realize they think it's organization or cleanliness and they don't realize also that it's like spiraling thoughts in the sense of like, you know, someone I know has like their brain repeats. Thoughts they don't want to have. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we talked about with the OCD specialist that we had on where it was like repetitive, sort of like, am I a pedophile? Am I a pedophile? Am I a pedophile? Mm -hmm. Like, and you know that you're not, but you're so distressed by the repetitive, like uh-huh. thoughts that you can't control them. Right. Um, And Maria Bamford's a comedian who talks about that a lot, about the re- repetitive thoughts. The intrusive um, thoughts, yeah. Intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're right. This email is like, you know, a- after you read it, I was like, that's so sad. You're right. People do not associate any of this with OCD. And so then the next part, on the one hand, I totally understand this desire to be there for your friend. Mm-hmm. But in a case that is like this severe, yeah, it's going to be really tough. It's just so sad for, for me to see this person isolating themselves to see this person like because you do have to at a certain point, you have to control so much of your environment that you can't interact with other people because there's too many variables, right? Is that what's happening? It might be. I mean, it's also really hard right now, right? Because you can't go see them. You can't, you know. Obviously, it's a good thing that they're in treatment and that they're seeing a psychiatrist. I think that like when it comes to this like, quote unquote advice. Yeah. I think that all you can really do is be like, this is your disorder. And I'm so sorry
1: that it is causing
0: you this distress. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that like maybe just like the validation of like this. I can't imagine what you're going through. Like, I'm here for you. I'm here for you in any way that you need me to be here for you. But in terms of like, quote unquote, like advice, like you're not a mental health professional. You know, like you can't sit down and like do exposure therapy with them, you know, like that's kind of like so it's really more about just like being a warm body, providing that emotional support, validating that like the situation blows, recognizing that like you're still their friend, that you love them, that you're there and you love them, that you recognize that like potentially that like this isn't the true them. Mm -hmm. But also if it is the true them. Do you still love them? I think maybe it could be helpful to say like, I did some research on this and Mm -hmm. these treatments are actually really helpful. Have you talked to your doctor about about these treatments? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Something like that. Do you know what I mean of like providing hope? Of being yeah yeah like, yeah you know I was listening to this podcast and this girl had what you had mm-hmm. and then but it was like during a time of extreme stress and mm-hmm. then she kind of did some meditation and some mindfulness and exposure therapy and she went on this medication and mm-hmm. then it got a lot better you know kind of just like providing like examples of people who got you know just like mm-hmm. almost a this can get better thing of like in terms of like advice, advice, like that's, that's kind of more difficult, you know? Well, you've talked about the pandemic sort of exacerbating your OCD. And it seems like this person's OCD really got bad during the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about that? At least for me, like a way to visualize it is that like, I keep my OCD, my contamination OCD in like this little cage in my brain, right? And at different points in my life, and depending on the stress, it gets to expand its, its play area. When I'm doing really well, its play area is small. Okay. And when I'm not doing well, its play area is big. Okay. And like through what was going on with the pandemic...
2: It's play area got bigger because Mm -hmm. I had to wipe everything down and because I was allowed to be afraid of the outside Mm -hmm. and because everyone was telling me that the world was
0: contaminated. And so I got used (sighs) to this play area being pretty big. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm having to work on like, you know, you had this freedom, but now we've got to rein you back in. Like we let you have some fun, but let's get you back, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's tough. But, you know, again, I am dealing with a very mild case of this compared to what a lot of other people are dealing with. But you're dealing with a mild case of it now. Mm -hmm. And I think what you were saying about having hope, I don't want people to think that like, oh yeah, Allison's just always had a mild case. You had a severe case and now it is mild. Yes. So that's hopeful. Totally, totally. And also like in terms of as a friend of someone with OCD, I've said this, Many times on this podcast, just don't take it personal, even with depression. Like I didn't respond to some text messages. And then when I did respond, I was like, hi, sorry, I was depressed. Yeah. If this person is like, you know, dropping off a little bit or they like have, you know, weird things that quote unquote, weird things that they like need or do or whatever, like it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And I would also say that with OCD, it's like, so someone might say I have OCD, but like, there's going to be some comorbidity there. Like there's Mm going to be the comorbidity of depression potentially, Mm -hmm, like with this mm -hmm. friend, you know, so you're going to be like, you know, okay, so you have OCD, but then why don't you want to see me? Or like, why are you acting depressed? You know? So like, there's going to be other elements of it. It's going to also present as just like Potentially just like social anxiety, you know, it's like totally they're not going to want to go do things. They're going to have anticipation, anxiety, you know, so it might expand outside of what your smaller view of what
2: OCD, quote unquote, is
0: what you were talking about was like agoraphobia where you yeah. were like, I didn't want to go outside. And then COVID was like, guess what? You shouldn't go outside. <laughs> That's the thing is like, you know, I've been in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, now getting used to like, like I've said, like now I have to re learn how to go outside and Mm -hmm. come home and not change my clothes Mm -hmm. but i've already done that yeah like a few weeks ago i was afraid that i wouldn't be able to do that and then the other day i did that (laughs) you know like we are able to to do these things and to train ourselves and to like live through the discomfort Mm -hmm. and honestly It's doing it on our better days. It's taking the days where we're less stressed, where we're more calm and doing it on those days
2: Mm -hmm, so -hmm. that we know
0: that we can do it. It's not, at least for me, it's not forcing myself to do it on a day where it's a lot harder to do it
2: because then it becomes this like whole bigger thing. And then it's like, then I'm a mess. Then I associate doing it with like this much harder thing. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. But like, so like, I did it on a day where, like, when I went out
0: to eat, I felt like the place was cleaner. Okay. I went out with the guy I'm seeing and, like, we both came back and, like, watched, like, TV on the couch. And so I was, like... So you're distracted. Yeah, I was distracted. I knew I didn't want to, like, bring my issues into with him like if Mm -hmm. I had gone out alone and I came back alone then maybe I would have changed But because I was with somebody I was like okay I'm not going I'm not going to allow myself to make this big of a deal I'm having fun with this person we're about to watch this movie like this Mm -hmm. is a good time for me to push that boundary right 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 versus a day where I'm like stressed already freaking out at a place that was like I felt was extra dirty and mm-hmm. then making myself do it. Do you know what I mean? So like, yes. you kind of have to like negotiate with yourself and check in with yourself and be like, OK, is today a good day to like push this boundary? Is today a good day to like take that extra step? And, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm also I've been navigating this for like 25
2: years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you have to understand that this guy, your friend has been navigating this for maybe like a year. Very short. And like, it takes a long time to like negotiate
0: this stuff and figure out what works. And you're kind of negotiating with your own
2: brain. Sometimes it's kind of like, okay, what, what can I get away with? What am I allowed to do? What can I do without like completely disrupting my equilibrium? You know?
0: Yeah. You should... Priscilla, just play this for him and have him uh, follow Allison Emotional Support Lady. I also would say, you know, at least for me, stress is very related to my OCD. So working on lowering your stress level in general and exercising and mindfulness and meditation and all of those things that you think aren't necessarily directly tied to OCD might help with that, too, because they're going to just sort of like help with your mental health overall. Like, you know, you had the stressor of your fiance leaving and this guy seems to have had the stressor of this client falling through. Mm -hmm. And so I think like maybe acknowledging that, you know, this is normal. Of course, you're going to be upset that there's going to be flare ups. There's going to be flare ups that have to do with like hard things that are real. And that medications are going to have like certain things, you know, side effects. Like, yes, like maybe it, it helped maybe with some OCD symptoms, but maybe, yeah, it did affect your mood in a weird way. And like, that's mm-hmm. why you have to like really work in tandem with your psychiatrist to figure out the right thing and that it, it can sometimes take a bit of time and, and to right. just sort of like have some patience with yourself to allow yourself the grace to be messy for a little bit. Because let me tell you, if you were diagnosed, With cancer, people would give you that grace. I know mental illness is viewed in such a different way. But it's a disease. You've developed a disease. So hopefully that was helpful, Priscilla. I think it was very helpful. Just so weird that I wrote in uh, under the pen name Priscilla to, (laughs) to get you to talk about all of this very vulnerable and moving stuff. I think everything you said was fantastic. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to be the one to fix it because it's tough. And believe me, if we could all figure out how to fix this stuff, Easy peasy. That would have happened a long time ago. That's very true. It's
2: complicated.
0: Oh, yeah. If you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. We're going to take one more break. And when we get back, we'll discuss beliefs versus behaviors. What defines us? Just a light episode today. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for Tuppence. XXXXXXX, X, 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 baby. Baby. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Real roller coaster. So I picked this question <laughs> because I'm in a law and ethics class. Although by the time this episode comes out, I will have completed my final and no longer be in a law and ethics class for my graduate clinical psychology
2: master's program.
0: But one of the things that we discuss in it. Is beliefs versus behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so basically, because like there's all these issues, right? So like if you're a therapist and let's say you're like a Christian therapist Mm -hmm. and you think that being gay
2: is a sin, but you have like, a which it is, which it (laughs) is.
0: We all know that it is. is. Obviously. I lobbed that up for you and you put it away. (laughs) Little Nas X told us we're all going to hell. (laughs) And so, but like you have like a gay client. What do you do? Like that kind of thing. Right. Or like holy water. End of segment. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just think something been really heavy. So I'm just trying to be a little light. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Even it's something like, let's say you're a couple therapist and you don't really believe in divorce, but like your clients come to you with the goal of like how to amicably separate. I have this question for you. Okay. When does a therapist have to like report something? Great question. We'll do a tangent. The only thing a therapist can report, and this is so fascinating to me, is elder abuse. Okay. Dependent abuse. Okay. Child abuse. And if I'm a danger to myself or others. Okay. So if I say to you, Gabby, Mm -hmm. tomorrow, I am going to go kill my neighbor, Tom. Okay. (laughs) You have to report that or you have to, to take steps to prevent that from happening. Okay, such as going to Tom and saying, go on vacation tomorrow. Yes. Well, that <laughs> used to be the law, but now you don't actually have to go to Tom. <laughs> the law used to be you had to go to Tom directly? Yes. Not the police. And the police. Oh my God, this is so messy. If I said to you, therapist Gabby, yesterday I killed my neighbor Tom, you can't tell anybody. <gasps> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Am I a priest? You can't tell any. You can't tell anybody unless Tom was a child, elder, or dependent. But if okay, so then if the detective comes to me and said, "Hey, did your client kill Tom? Do you know anything about this?" I would say I can't reveal to you who my clients are. My mouth is open. Uh-huh. I would need my client's permission for me to even respond to the subpoena. I would need a court order to even reveal my notes to you. Wow. And then a judge would have to give a court order. Okay. I'm sure this is a controversial topic. It's not because otherwise no one would tell their therapist anything. Fine. Like I barely want to tell my therapist when I like lie to someone. I barely I'm like, so scared of getting her disapproval. But then you know, it's funny, I told her something I thought she was going to disapprove of. And she was actually really great. So it's all in my head. Like she's a good therapist. It's just all in my head. But yeah. So what if you just say, Oh, I wish I could kill my neighbor, Tom, then I would do an assessment for like, dangerousness. To see like if you had a plan, all of this stuff. That's with suicide too, right? As they go, it's a similar assessment. My therapist does that where I'll be like, I want to die and my therapist will be like, do you have a plan to die? And I'll be like, no, Kristen. I'm just (laughs) saying that I wish I could. (laughs) So like I would do an assessment for like homicidality with you. What's the assessment? (sighs) Okay, let's see if I can remember. It's like plan, means, do a fake one. Do a fake one no, with me. No, okay. This isn't the topic. No, I want to do a <laughs> fake one with me. I, because now I'm Allison... embarrassed because I don't remember all the things. I knew it for the midterm, but I, I don't remember it right well, now. Well, okay. Act out. Allison, you're my therapist. Oh, I wish I could kill my boss, Nancy. Have you killed before? Um, No, just ants. <laughs> okay, we're not doing this. Anyway, <laughs> do I don't say... remember and then I feel silly because I don't remember and I'm embarrassed. Just okay, just ask me if I have the means. Do you have the means? I'm gonna kill her with a stick. Okay, well, I'm I have to take steps. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing in your support system. I'm gonna get her to eat a blowfish. We're increasing your sessions. I'm having you have a consult for medication. I'm gonna bring in a blowfish and I'm gonna make her eat it. This is chaos. I'm going, Elle's to the, I'm going so going to the mad police. at me right now. I'm She's going so, so mad police. at me right now. You can't prove that Nancy didn't eat that blowfish of her own free will. Subpoena me. All right. We're moving on. So, anyway, with the beliefs versus behaviors, basically, this thing is like you're allowed to believe whatever you want, but yeah. you have to behave within the ethics code. I can disapprove of of people having gay relationships. I could never say that in my therapy with you, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can just go, look, I think you have an alternative lifestyle. And, do you know, they used to say that. I don't think you can even say that. But so there's been all these things, these issues where, like, people have, like, been fired or kicked out of programs because they, like, refuse to say that they are okay with these things and then like these all but anyway but the bigger discussion is like what defines you as a person do you think like your beliefs or your behaviors your behaviors because and it's also the thing of like you know that person who's like i don't want to make a wedding cake for gay people and it's like okay you can like disagree with gay relationships but you also like have to make this cake because you're a baker and a bit you know what I mean like it's this weird or just say I'm sorry like we're full up on appointments for cakes (sighs) does that make sense like just make a fucking cake but like in terms of yourself right like what do you think defines you your behaviors because you can believe I mean you definitely have to unpack beliefs and you definitely have to like make your beliefs like better but it's your behaviors and and sometimes you your behaviors have to inform your beliefs or catch up to your beliefs, so like maybe I have stereotypical ideas of unhoused people, right mm-hmm. but then I know that those beliefs are flawed, and so I have to unpack like twenty years of what I've heard in the media and from family and all this stuff about unhoused people, but as long as my behaviors are like kind and helpful and like volunteering and like whatever, that will start to unpack my beliefs and change my beliefs. Yeah. As long as your behaviors are good, you don't really have to share your beliefs with anyone. You can just privately be working on undoing them. What if you knew someone for 20 years? Yeah. Everything they did was like perfectly wonderful and kosher and lovely. And then you found out that they secretly harbored horrible beliefs about other people. Would you still feel like you knew them? What horrible beliefs? That they were racist and homophobic. But it depends on what they've been doing with those beliefs. Nothing. Like their actions have been that you would never know that from their actions. But in their brain, that's what they truly believed and thought. And they thought that everybody was going to hell and that they were better than everyone else. Would you think that you still knew them? Okay, but it's hard because you can say that that isn't informing their behaviors, But it could unconsciously be biasing their behaviors. So let's say they're a boss and they have racist beliefs. But I'm giving you a hypothetical. But in my hypothetical, it has not influenced their behaviors at all. At all. And we know that. And we know that. Then I think it's fine. Do you still feel like you know that person? No. I think they've had like a secret. But honestly, like. This is the thing we just talked about OCD, right? This is the thing where like friends of mine who have like compulsive, intrusive thoughts, their thoughts are not good, but it's not necessarily who they are or like what they actually believe. But that's different. Those are intrusive thoughts versus beliefs. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't think it's all one thing or the other. I think we're a combination of both. I think it just matters what you do. I remember a long time ago, I was talking to a friend of mine and I with a noted former guest, Josh Gondelman, and we were talking to this friend and he was like, I'm a bad person because I have all these intrusive thoughts and like terrible beliefs. And we were like, well, how do you behave? And like, we know you as like a good person. And he was like, yeah, like I I try extra hard to be a good person. I go out of my way to be a good person. And then we were kind of saying to him, like, I think that makes you a even better person than the average person because the average person isn't working so hard. Like the average person is just like doing this and it's easy mm-hmm. for them. But because you are doing what's right, even though it's not natural to you, that makes us think that you're maybe even a better person yeah. because you're doing so much work. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because it's like, you know, my behaviors are like, I don't do vengeful things. I don't do malicious things. Mm -hmm. I don't intentionally hurt people. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I want to. Yeah. And I fantasize about it. I sometimes do it. But like, what does that mean? That I still want to do those things. You know, what does it mean that I want to and then I do? (laughs) Small mischief. A guy cheated on my friend's sister. And I went to his Instagram and reported all of his photos. Is that (laughs) bad? That's revenge. That to me was a real strangers on the train because he doesn't know me. So I was like, oh, I don't care. So I went through and reported every single photo and then like he'll have to deal with that. And that was me being like, that's justice. Is that bad? That that's my impulse.
1: I don't know. Melissa, what do you think? Come on in. Honestly, I agree with everything Gabby said. Like, <laughs> you
0: would if someone cheated on your friend's sister, you would go through and try to get his Instagram deleted because I
1: did. I've done things like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Small mischief. Yeah. It's not really hurting anybody. It's annoying. No one needs social media, so it's not hurting anybody. But what do you think about the bigger conversation? I agree with everything. Like everything that Gabby was saying, like I was like, yep, I have nothing to add. Yep, that's it. But it's hard because then people go like, what are your beliefs, right?
0: So like, am I being biased against Christians? Here's the thing. I'll tell you a thing. Uh, George Bush was running for president. My mom had a minivan. So I was in maybe fifth grade and we live in Florida. And she said, "Gabrielle, get in the car. And I said, okay. And she said, we're going to drive around our neighborhood and anytime you see a Bush Cheney sign, you're going to jump out, grab it and put it in the car. And I was like, OK. And so we went around the whole neighborhood and stole all the Bush Cheney signs and then put them in a closet and then left them there. And then it was my mom venting her frustration with politics and with Republicans. Now, is that.
1: See what that? I because that's like against the law and so I think that there could have been some re- repercussions to that like but with were the Insta- we right with the Instagram thing that's not gonna hurt anybody but it's stealing their lawn signs hurting them it may not hurt them but like if you got caught that could have done something to hurt you she made me an accomplice I'm yes, a child and you're a child and that's more. well maybe maybe it's because I get off scot-free because I'm a child but it's still against the law. I Okay,
0: it's against the law, but we're trying to make sure that the wrong people aren't being promoted. And isn't that doing the right thing? We've really gotten away from the topic here. Now now we're just talking about vigilante justice. No, but your beliefs can influence your behaviors. That assumes that all three of us agree on what the right beliefs are. Right. No, I just, I guess I just mean like in terms of like what makes a person, do you know, like it's interesting. Like, you know, like yeah. I, I think maybe what I'm, doing a lot of is like how i handled my abandonment versus my thoughts around my abandonment well how you handle it is what's important i have bad thoughts all the time i'm petty as shit yeah but like do you know what i mean like (laughs) there's something there like you know like it's they're not congruent Mm -mm. they're like you know and so that's interesting it's like so what's the real me like whose behaviors were mature around it or like my thoughts that were not (laughs) the behaviors
1: the behaviors yeah Melissa, thoughts? I think it's behaviors, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can control your thoughts, but you can control on how you act on your thoughts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the most part.
0: And if they're very bad thoughts, you can try to unpack them. If they're mm-hmm. really uncomfortable to you, if they're really, like, making it hard for you, you can go, okay, maybe I need to, like, read some books or unpack how I'm feeling or no it's not like anything wild or anything that I think that like 98% of people wouldn't have thought do you know what I mean in a similar situation yeah but it is just interesting to think about do you know what I mean I think it's your behavior but also if you wanted to do bad behavior you're allowed do some bad behavior. <laughs> I think a thing that I, I've been trying to do recently is is tell my and not even in relationship to this, but just life in general is being like, I don't always have to be right. I don't always have to like behave well. <laughs> I don't always have to like be excellent and right back. And no, I'm not a role model. I don't always have to like be perfect and not even perfect, but just like I don't always have to like be
2: the most moral person on the planet. <laughs> No,
0: not at all. Report everyone's Instagram. <laughs> just do things that are like minor inconveniences to other people, you know? To balance the scales. Not even that. I just I I don't even know like in what sense I mean it. It just of like releasing myself of that pressure of like always holding myself to the highest standard of like behavior where you're like, oh, even privately to my friends, I shouldn't talk shit like that. No, I do that. I guess it's more just like I feel like I should always respond to people right away. But, like, being like, I don't need to. Yeah. Like, I don't need to do that. If I don't want to text my friend back right away, a friend who almost never texts me back right away, I don't have to. (laughs) Do you know? I feel like (laughs) Melissa is really good at I don't have to and I don't want to.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, I'll get to it when I can get to it. And if I don't get to it, then that wasn't important in this moment for me.
0: Yeah the confidence
1: if i'm like too tired to call my parents today that's fine yeah i ignore my parents calls some days and then i'll call them back whenever i have time because i just i might be mentally exhausted i may be physically exhausted Mm -hmm. i might not be able to just like deal with even if it's a pleasant conversation it might not be something that i want to deal with in that moment Right. right i just need some me time
2: yeah
0: do you keep a list of grudges in your mind who me anybody I think we know you do. <laughs> there are people that I got one eye on. I act nice in front of them. I'm My behavior is lovely, but one eye. They should know that I got one eye on them. And you know what I mean? I find it too exhausting to hold grudges. I need them to know that I know what they did. Why are you being nice to their face? No, I'm being... <laughs> they know. They know that I know, but they can't really prove anything. OK, Okay. this girl hurt Drew and Drew was like, it's fine. Like, I forgive her, like whatever. And I was like, no. And so I unfollowed her and I was like, I want her to know that I know that even though Drew forgives her, I know what she did. And then Mal was like, so you just unfollowed her? Like, how is that revenge or whatever? And then Drew was like, oh, no, it bothers her. She's upset about it. And I was like, <sighs> good. And when I see her out and about, I'll be perfectly delightful. But I want her to know. That even though Drew forgives her, I know
1: what she did. But why are you like wasting energy being nice to her in public? Because I think it'll drive her nuts. Okay, that makes sense. It's not
0: wasting energy. This is a hobby for me. I'm having a great time. You being nice (laughs) just throws her off. I get it. Absolutely. And I want to do that for the rest of her goddamn life. <laughs> this podcast is a mix of like good advice and horrible, horrible, toxic advice. <laughs> Why do we rate this episode? <laughs> I'll give it
1: 43 out of 20 mature non-babies.
0: <laughs> I'll give it 37 out of 31 little babies. I'll give it. 56 out of 46, that's the number of grudges I'm holding.
1: Oh, my God. Is it the percentage of that?
0: No, no, no. It's. I think there's about 46 names on the list. Okay. I'm wow, like Taylor wow. Swift in blank space.
2: Are we on the list?
0: You'll never know.
1: We're not. I can see through your soul.
2: You'll never know. Oh, my God.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back on Friday. We'll be joined by Bree Esrig asking some tough questions about sex work and creativity. Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production. Hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by Melissa D. Monks. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash forever dog team or youtube.com slash just between us show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at forever dog team to keep up with all the latest forever dog news. And please leave a podcast review for this podcast. If you love us, go to Apple Podcasts, go to the bottom. It says review, click five stars, and then write us a beautiful review. It can even just be like good podcast. You know what I mean? But just leave a review, please. It really helps
1: us. Please. (laughs)
2: FOREVER! (coughs) DOG!